This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to the Ion Foxborough podcast. I'm Chris Mason. In today's episode, I'll be joined by Mark Daniels. We're going to preview this weekend's game against the Saints. We're going to dive into J.C. Jackson's return, what that means moving forward. Some guys they could get back off of injured reserve. Is this a must win? Spoiler, it really is, but we're going to break that down a little more. What this week means for Mac Jones, and we're going to make our game predictions as well. But before we get to that, I have a couple of promo codes for you. At Caesars, if you use promo code MASSGET, M-A-S-S-G-E-T, you bet $50, you'll get $250 in bonus bets. If you go to BetMGM and use promo code MASSLIVE, you'll get a deposit match up to $1,000. One bet I really like this weekend is actually in the Patriots game, and that is under 39 points. Yes, under 39 total points. I know it's gross to bet the under, but this game's going to be gross, and you know you just got to embrace it. All right, there's your bet. Now let's get to the pod. Mark, how you doing, man? Doing all right, man. Another week. Here we are, all right? Patriots week. What are we? Week five already? Where does where does the time go? Uh, it's flying. It's absolutely flying. But um, so this is a, a little different setup for us today, where we're doing a a virtual uh, podcast because it's kind of a deep cut reference. But in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, when Hermione like puts a curse on Harry, so none of the Death Eaters will recognize him, and has his face swell up horribly. That's what I'm dealing with right now. I don't know. I had some sort of allergic reaction to something. Spent the morning in the ER. They're like, yeah, I don't know. We, we don't know, but it's gross. So like, this is a reaction from you having to watch the Patriots offense multiple times. <laughs> I mean, they, they said it could be literally anything, so you can't rule it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're doing this one virtual, but we have a we have a ton of stuff. So let's get right into it. J.C. Jackson, he's back. Mark, you saw him on the practice field today. What uh, what do you think of bringing J.C. back? Um, you know what? They desperate times call for desperate measures, and it's it's not a surprise. The Patriots desperately, desperately, and I mean Chris, desperately need outside cornerback help. Put in perspective, this summer, Miles Bryant was your number five outside cornerback on Sunday in Dallas. Miles Bryant was your number one cornerback playing next to Sean Wade. It was ugly, ugly, ugly. So the Patriots have lost Christian Gonzalez for the season. Jack Jones is on the IR and no return in sight. Marcus Jones is on the IR with no return in sight. And Jonathan Jones has missed the last three games with an ankle injury. The Patriots really, really need help. So bringing back J.C. Jackson makes a ton of sense. Uh, You know, I'll caution people, though. This isn't the same J.C. Jackson that was here in 2021 when he was a second-team All-Pro. Chris, he has had it rough, very rough out west in, in, in Los Angeles. Right. That's one thing that I think fans have to remember, and it'll actually lead my mailbag tomorrow. I got a question about this is like, why, why were they able to get him for basically nothing? And it's because things went as poorly as possible for him out there over the last like year plus year and a half, whatever it is since he signed the deal where I, from, from Patriots perspective, sure. I mean, it's great to get him back for essentially like 1.5 million, you know, like it's not going to hurt. But it is the sign of the desperation that they're, they're dealing with right now. It's also a sign that Bill's not thrown in the towel on the season. You know, he's still trying to make these additions, swing a trade, do anything to jumpstart his team because they've been obviously they're You know, they are what their record says they are. They're one and three and they deserve to be. And now they come out of Dallas 
Mac Jones had his worst game of his career. Matthew Judon is out maybe for the season, maybe returns later in the season. Christian Gonzalez is out. So your defense just lost two of their best players, I'd say. You're right. The Patriots, they needed to do something. And bringing in J.C. Jackson made sense. It is wild to me how poorly he played with the Chargers. Um, I was looking at it last year in five games. Quarterbacks had a passer rating of 149 when targeting J.C. Jackson in coverage. The year before in New England, that was 46. So the Patriots have to hope that they can get, I don't know, something out of J.C. Jackson above like above the average line. If if you can scheme it up better than what was happening in the Chargers and other people get healthy, Chris, you can move forward with J.C. Jackson, John Jones, Jack Jones and Miles Bryant. And frankly, that's not bad. That's not a bad group. You know, that's no. serviceable and you can you can move on. So that's the hope here is you can sort of rejuvenate J.C. somewhat. But I don't think we'll see, you know, all pro J.C. Jackson. It is also worth noting the sample size there where I was doing a little digging into this last year or uh, earlier where so last year he essentially decided to get ankle surgery right before the season. And it was like a quick recovering one. But Brandon Staley was like, yeah, it's a comfort thing. It's not like a necessary thing, essentially. So he missed the opener last year, played in their second game, then missed the third game. was back week four. So it doesn't seem like he's 100 percent. But then by week six, he's getting benched on Monday Night Football. Week seven, he tears the patellar tendon, and then he's done. And then this year, couldn't have gone any worse for him where he's a healthy scratch. But he's saying he's not 100%. So, you know, maybe that's <laughs> maybe the Chargers see it as a healthy scratch. He sees it as an unhealthy scratch. But that's another thing the Patriots have to worry about a little bit is that he, I think it was last week, is on the record being like, yeah, I'm not 100%. And these injuries right. have to take some time yeah. to come back from. Yeah, and, you know, for a Patriots uh, cornerback group, that is certainly not 100%. That's, that's a concern, but... You know, as we as we turn our attention to the Saints here, Chris, I, I would argue that this is a must win game for the Patriots. Um, You know, the Patriots here, they've got a Saints team that's been struggling to score similar to them. And after that, you have a Raiders team that's also struggling to score similar to them. I, I think these next two games will tell us a lot, a very lot about the Patriots, because if you can rebound from that disaster in Dallas, you can beat the Saints and then beat the Raiders. Something might positive something positive might be happening however if things go wrong against the saints or wrong against the raiders you all of a sudden have the bills and and at miami bills and dolphins back to back including an away game in miami it's all over man i i think this is in a huge game what do you think is this is this must yeah. win i i absolutely think so and honestly i think the next two really are where if they lose one of these next two games i think they're pretty much cooks because like you said then you know, they have the two AFC East games right after that. One of them's at Miami, which doesn't even need to be like articulated how bad they've been down there over the years. But yeah, I mean, if you win these next two, you get back to three and three. Maybe you start to feel good about yourself. Um, but that has to start with winning on Sunday and especially against a banged up Derek Carr. Like if you can't beat a banged up Derek Carr, what are you doing here? You can't beat a banged up Derek Carr. It's, you know, time to start thinking about a top 10 draft pick. And that's a place that Bill Belichick certainly doesn't want to be in because he might not survive it if, if that's the case. What's interesting to me about this matchup is although the Saints offense looks pretty bad, similar to the Patriots, their defense does not. Their, te- no. their defense this year comes into this game ranked fourth in the NFL in interceptions. They have five through the first four games. Um, they've they've also their pass rush is really good. I was looking at they had seven sacks of the first two games. The Saints have a defense that's t- statistic. I can't say this statistically speaking. That's really hard to say. Say that 10 yeah. times fast. Statistically speaking. Statistically statistically is hard. Um yeah. 
I have a really, really hard time with uh, communicative. Uh, that's yeah. that's like my I can't say communicative every but yeah. But you look at the stats. The Saints have you know a better defense than the Patriots right now. They're they're allowing less. They're allowing less points to be scored. There's they have you know more sacks, more interceptions. Saints are good. Saints are good on the defensive end. And for Mac Jones, Chris, things have to change, right? Mac Jones, either man, you you have to improve or Mac Jones' starting quarterback era might might come to an end. Right, and it kind of sucks for Mac that this is the week that they have where he really, really needs the bounce back after Dallas. This is the week with the Saints and not with the Raiders because the Raiders can't play defense at all. And if you're like asking for a great bounce back, that's it. The Saints can. They've been great all year, but I think it's going to be a rock fight here. I mean, there's three teams in the league that haven't scored 20 points this year. Patriots and Saints are two of them. The Raiders are actually the third one, which is kind of they weird. Are. But so the three teams that have not scored over 20 points are the three teams that are on docket for the next two yeah. weeks: Patriots, Saints, and, and Raiders. So yeah, take take the unders. Take the unders. We like those. Um, but the Patriots could get some guys back this week off injured reserve. So we have Riley Reef return to practice. Uh, Cody Davis is back at practice off the pup list. Trey Flowers is back off the pup list. Maybe he helps with the Matthew Judon injury. Do you think any of those guys are going to be a factor on Sunday? Well, if you're the Patriots, you are hoping that Riley Reef is a factor on Sunday. Um, it'll be interesting to see what what they do with Riley Reef. Um, they signed him to battle for that starting right right tackle spot. He is your second highest paid tackle on the roster behind Trent Brown. I believe earning five million dollars this year. And in, in the offseason, Chris, it really didn't happen. He he got passed in the depth chart by Connor McDermott, who they cut. Yep. And, you know, they moved him to guard, and that's where he got hurt in the preseason finale, starts the season on IR, and now they've started Calvin Anderson, who was a disaster, and Verdarian Lowe, who's been a disaster. I was looking at PFF. Patriots have two of the bottom five ranked lowest tackles. And, I mean, it's it's so so ugly but Vidarian low i want to say is ranked like 69 out of 71 and calvin anderson is ranked like 67 out of 71 tackles they, they've been bad and the patriots need at the very least average play from their tackle spot i wonder if riley reef will get a chance to do that or do the patriots continue to see him at guard i mean if it's me i'm trying riley reef to tackle because uh, that's that's the spot. But yeah, the other guys could help, obviously. I mean, Trey Flowers can help because you've lost, you know, Matthew Judon and Daniel Aquale and, and Cody Davis is, is a great special teamer. He he could help. Yeah, he so is. we'll see on that. So with um with Reef, his summer was just so bad that it's it's like you just said, he got passed by Connor McDermott, who they cut, you know, like think about that for a second. And then they kicked him inside the guard. And he's playing guard in that last preseason game that everybody else got off. That's when he got hurt. Like, it really was not a good summer for him. I don't know. Maybe there's a world where they've been so averse to this, but maybe you play Reef at guard and kick a one to right tackle. I don't know what it's going to take for them to have to do that. And he's coming off a bad game, too. But, I mean, it, that, that seemed like more like penalty bad than actual play bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you... um. If you kick him to tackle, put Reef in at guard, then you have a five that, you know, could hold up. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, if it was me, I would put Michael Uwenu at tackles because I think it's easier to find a guard. You, you know, you can get, get Cole Strange back and then put Mafia at right guard. You're probably I mean, better yeah, off with Michael Uwenu at tackle. I just – I think the Patriots are just so adverse to it. I, I think they really want to make Uwenu that, that you know, all-pro right guard. It's just – 
You know, my, my issue, one of my issues with the Patriots in this roster building over the last two years is what they did to the offensive line. Mac Jones had the best year of his career in 2021 with Joshua Daniels, and he had, I'd say the weapons weren't as good as they are right now. So the question is why? It's because of the offensive line. Think about in 2021 what he had on the interior. Ted Karras, a veteran at left guard, David Andrews at center, Shaq Mason, a veteran at right guard. And you had Wynn at left tackle, Trent Brown at right tackle. And the next year, you know, they – they trade Shaq Mason. They lowball Ted Karras in free agency, who they wanted to bring back. And, and that leads to them, you know, starting one who's great, but drafting Cole Strange in the first round, and it hasn't worked out. Right. They swapped Isaiah Wynn to right tackle, and it's been a disaster. And since, you know, that 2021 season, the offensive line hasn't been the same. I, honestly, this goes down to decision-making, roster building. The Patriots have not been able to nail down a very important part of their offense, and it's the offensive line. And honestly, this is the biggest reason, I think, why Mac Jones is struggling. He doesn't trust what's in front of him. And I think it's a big reason, too, why, like, Ramondre Stevenson isn't having success, man. The holes aren't there. It's it's a disaster, Chris. And I go back to that 21 year. I'm like, man, they really had it good with veterans on the offensive line, and they completely screwed it up. Right. And particularly the middle of that line gave him space to step up into the pocket. The Shaq Mason trade is probably one that hasn't been second guessed enough where that was pretty much a pure salary dump. Right. Yep. He was supposed to he was supposed to make some money, send him down to Tampa Bay, draft Cole Strange and just figure, oh, well, it's going to be replacement level. It's going to be. Fun. It hasn't been. It hasn't been. Um. No, in, in in that draft class, I, I mean that entire offseason is is blown up in their face, Chris. You know, talk about other guys like could could come back. I think we were all waiting to see Tyquan Thornton return to practice this week, and maybe Jack Jones. And those guys are still hurt. So, yeah, it's for me though the offensive line it has to improve. The Saints have a good pass rush. It's it could be a tough game. It could be you know first to twelve wins maybe. Yeah, and it's tough too that you don't have a ton of natural help for the tackles on the edge. Where like Hunter Henry's a very willing blocker. But he's not great at it. You know, just think he's basically a wide receiver. You can put Farrell Brown in there, but then you're kind of telegraphing it with the three tight end set again. It's not, there's not a super easy, like, oh, we're just going to give him a good chip. We're going to help here. And that's, again, it's an, it's another indictment on the roster. And if Bill Belichick is going to survive sort of the next year or two here in, in New England, I think something has to give. And here's, here's the interesting thing for you, Chris. The Patriots have added J.C. Jackson. Is there is there another position you see or you would want them to try to acquire a veteran at? Is is there, you know, it's hard because we don't know who's available, but I look at names like Lyle Collins, who's been hurt, <laughs> even Chase, Chase Claypool, you know, Bill Belichick once compared to Gronk. Like, should they should they go out? Are there other more, you know, avenues here that they should try to add to this roster? Instinctively, you'd say tackle, but they did that before the season. They traded for two tackles and we haven't seen Tyrone Wheatley. We have seen Vidarian Lowe. So I don't I don't know who they're gonna add, you know, after those two. The Claypool Gronk comparison is still one of the weirdest since I've been on the beat where Bill just volunteered that too. It wasn't like anyone was pressing him on Claypool or anything. Um, but at this point, Claypool will have flamed out two different places in a very short amount of time. And effort has been a question. I don't think he's magically going to like work harder if he comes to New England. I don't. I don't see that as a fit. Um, and it's worth noting the first place where they got rid of him is Pittsburgh. You have Mike Tomlin there, who is incredible at dealing with diva wide receivers. Like, how did he keep Antonio Brown on the tracks for as long as he did? That's one of those things that's aged so well for Mike Tomlin. <laughs> it's like, wow, 
he went to Vegas. You saw a lot of that stuff on hard knocks and then just completely out the deep end. It's like, how did Tomlin do such a good job with this for such a long time? And and I know Claypool will be a popular name probably among Patriots fans, but like, I also don't see how he necessarily fits or is an improvement over the roster they have. Like Bate yeah. Parker, you know, Kendrick Bourne, even, you know, Juju, you know, even when Tyquan Thornton comes back, like those guys are, you know, they're at the fine level for me. They're fine receivers. They're okay. I don't think Chase Claypool all of a sudden improves the group that we're like, it's like, all right, yeah, cool. We'll play Chase Claypool so we don't have to play Devontae Parker. I don't necessarily know if that's an addition. Yeah, I agree with you there. So let's get rolling into predictions. Um, do you want to go first? So I've been thinking really, really hard about this, Chris. I'm going to go with 17 to 9 Patriots. I was really leaning towards 12 to 9, a low scoring game. I think the Patriots could get at 17. I do wonder if we'll finally see like a defensive score. One thing that has sort of plagued the Patriots is their defense has only forced two turnovers in four games. They need to improve that. But I think we'll see the defense step up after losing Judon and um, Christian Gonzalez. Derek Carr's shoulder is not the same. And I do think Mac Jones will play okay enough that they can score maybe 17 points. And I think if they get Above 14 points, Chris, I think they win. Yeah, I think Patriots fans were a little spoiled last year with the number of defensive touchdowns they scored. I think they finished with seven, which was a franchise record, and just felt like, I mean, if you do the math, it was almost every other week they were scoring defensively. And I guess you throw the Marcus Jones punt return touchdown in there too, and boom, you're at like half of their games. I also think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. I have Patriots 13, Saints 9. It's... I just think it's going to be a total rock fight. Like if there's a prop bet on total punt yards, I would take the over on that. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I just can't see a banged up Derek Carr coming into Foxborough and putting the Patriots at one and four. It's just the last time Derek Carr came to Foxborough, I remember being so out on him where uh, it was a good Patriots Raiders game. But they were down, the Raiders were down like two scores for most of the fourth quarter. And he just kept throwing short of the sticks on third down. And it was like, wow, you're terrified to try and make a winning play here. And he looked at his box score after and was like, wow, it's a great fantasy game, but it's not a good reality game. Like you had to push it. You had to make a play and you just didn't. So I I can't see that guy coming in here and winning. Ultimately, I go Patriots 13, Saints 9. You know, that, honestly, it has to happen, guys. I think this is this is a must win for the Patriots. They they just the wheels are coming off here in, in New England and they will absolutely be off if they lose to the Saints. All right. It's definitely uh, going to be appointment viewing on Sunday. That's our pod. We'll catch you down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live. <laughs>